0: This is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At Dobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install.
1: For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Count that, that big bang.
0: Alongside Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kiley. It's BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. It's not every day that you can catch up with somebody that's got a a little bit of a tie to both sides of this Super Bowl. But that is indeed the case for Joe Valerio, who lived in Philadelphia, played for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's now hosting the Believe in Chiefs podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Joe Valerio 73. Joins us now via the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. Joe, we appreciate the time, man. How are you doing today?
1: Hey, BK. Hey, Alex. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm in Philadelphia. I live here. This is where I grew up, born, raised, lived my whole life other than my six years in KC. So, yeah, I'm going to have uh, hoagies and cheesesteaks on one side of the basement and, and KC barbecue on the other side. And I'm just going to walk right down Broadway for this game and let people's stomachs decide uh, who they're rooting for by what food they eat. So, okay, Joe, gonna this is going to be the
0: This is going to be the perfect way to open up this interview because you got ties to both. What's more intimidating for an athlete, playing in the loud stadium of Kansas City or playing in front of the rowdy fans in Philadelphia?
1: That's a great question. I I gotta admit, you know, I'm not not taking anything away from how rowdy the the Eagles fans. It's it's much more as a player, like realistically and and like pragmatically, to play with the noise. It's it's because that's physically. You learn as a player to tune out the shenanigans, right, that people say about you and, you know, the names they call your mom, wherever you are, <laughs> you know, the things, that I, the things that I heard said about me when we were in Oakland, you know, because I was a chief. But it, it's, you, you learn to tune that out, and that becomes noise. It, but not, No pun intended, but the, the noise of Arrowhead is absolutely intimidating and, and definitely adds to the stress level of trying to achieve your game plan for sure.
0: So, Joe, here's a follow up question, and we'll get to like the nitty gritty of this game here in a moment. But as a man who played for the Chiefs and is now living in Philly, I would imagine that the vast majority of your uh, your family is going to be rooting for the Eagles on Sunday. What's that like for you as somebody who has the connection to the Kansas City Chiefs? Is that going to be tough for you on Sunday?
1: I mean, yeah, yes and no because you know I'm kind of rooting for the Eagles because I live here. I, you know, I, who want to be Joe? Joe, come on! That's what know? we like, <laughs> Joe.
0: That's what we like, Joe.
1: <laughs> you know, because you know, my kids, you know, my kids live in the city. They want a parade, and you know, you know, my wife teaches college in in the city, and she wants a parade. Like, you know, look, I'm, I'm a Philadelphian first, and and I think any Kansas City fan would understand my dilemma. And, and, and if they're a fan, if they're a fan of their team, they would understand why I'm a fan of mine, even though I did play for the Chiefs. But, even, but I am torn. Not as torn as Mama Kelsey. But, you know, <laughs> I'm, definitely, I'm definitely torn. I haven't had a jersey made up with, you know, one half of an Eagles and one half of Chiefs. Because I, I, technically, I never wore an Eagles jersey. So even though I almost did, I was, I was actually I, – I met with the general manager of the Eagles back in 1991 after I got drafted by KC and Harry Gamble. He actually coached at my college – um, At one point, and he said to me, He said, Joe, he goes, Good luck in Kansas City. You're going to love playing for Carl Peterson and Marty Schottenheimer. He said, By the way, you are our next draft pick if you didn't get snatched up. I was like, oh. No, Mr. Gamble.
0: <laughs> oh, man, that had to be brutal for you. I, I would imagine it would have been a lifelong dream. Hey, you, you still lived it out. You, you got to play in right, the NFL. That's all that matters. Uh, it ended up working out well for you. Joe, all right, let, let's get into this game because I mm. would say. The number one storyline, of course, the quarterbacks, right? We, we know how this works. It's a quarterback-driven league, but one of yeah. the things that people are going to be watching for as we get into the game is, all right, this Eagles pass rush against the Chiefs offensive line. Eagles have the second yeah. most sacks in an individual season in the history of the league behind only the 85 Bears. It's possible depending on how they do in this game. They could pass them uh, in this game. When you're watching that matchup, Chiefs O-line, Eagles <coughs> pass rush, what, in your opinion, is going to determine the, the, the success
1: level that the Chiefs can have there? Great question. Where the one-on-one matchups happen. Because here's what, I, here's what I want your listeners to watch for, okay? When when the Chiefs have the ball, I want you, and it's a definite passing situation, because don't forget, a lot of offensive lines put dummy calls in. So you can't take this, at, you have to take this at, at, with a grain of salt, because they will do a dummy call to throw the to throw the defense off. But... In a typical passing situation, I want you to watch Creed Humphrey, the center for the Chiefs, and I want you to watch Patrick Mahomes and where they point. So if Creed Humphrey let's, let's – let's take this There's a, a straight four-man rush, evenly lined up, two t- defensive tackles and two DNs lined up over the guards and tackles, okay? If Creed Humphrey points to the left, he's declaring the strength of the defense to the Eagles' right, the Chiefs' left, and Patrick Mahomes is probably going to tell him that as well. So they're going to call a number out, and he's going to say left, 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 and that's going to put three linemen on two linemen going that direction so that when a backer comes or a safety comes on a blitz, they have three linemen to pick up three guys, okay, and get a double team where they can, okay? On the other side of the ball, you got Trey Smith and Andrew Wiley. Now you, over there you'll have singled-up matchups with the D tackle and the D end on the guard and the tackle. Can you, can you envision that, right? You can see that happening. Mm-hmm. Now, if somebody comes off of the right, the, the Chiefs right, and Patrick doesn't have a back, okay, and sends the back that way, now you've got a blitz situation. It's a hot receiver. He's got to throw hot, right, because there's, there's two linemen to block three guys can't do it. If he has a back, he knows he's got six on six, right? So he's good there. But, however, you're still going to have one-on-one matchups on the line, offensive linemen. You're not going to have three linemen bumping into each other trying to block two down linemen.
0: You got a Hassan Reddick on Andrew Wiley. It's not ideal, Joe.
1: That, as you just that uh, you, you, you you've been reading my diary, haven't you guys? <laughs> that's because that's where the matchup is going to happen, and that's where I think the Eagles are going to try to flush Patrick out of the pocket and force him to run on that and scramble around on that bad leg. So, listen, I know I'm giving away – trade secrets here to, to the, to the Eagles defensive coordinator, if he's listening, but that's what I would do if I were him, because I think I love Andrew Wiley. He's tough. He scraps, he plays hard. He's a great guy, but I'm just speaking totally objectively. I'm not saying I played in the league as long as he d- did or, 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 you know, here I am. How could I be critical? I didn't play in any super bowls. Mm-hmm. However, I get to be, an, I get to be an objective fan and as prognosticator, right? I just have a feeling that he's their weak link. And the matchup that they're going to try to go after. So, fans who are listening, watch the right side of the Chiefs' line in passing situations. If you can pick up early on that man on man scheme that, that the Eagles are going to try to get, I would say that would be a fast start for the Eagles if they can win over there, kind of analyzing that particular portion of the game.
0: Joe, from an offensive linesman standpoint, put yourself in this game uh, on Sunday what defense is more intimidating to an offensive lineman?
1: Um, One that has rotation ability because now granted, Chris Jones is probably the best of all of the defensive players up front in the game. We'll give him that right now. I don't even think there's a lot of Eagles fans that would, you know, would argue that he's, he's, he's a man. He's a man among boys. So, but, but you know, you can game plan for one guy, right? You can, change your protections and get double teams on a guy. You can keep backs in, you can keep tight ends in, right? You can have hot pass plays to try to, you know, eliminate, you know, or, or what the Eagles are going to do with the RPO and try to freeze him, right? They're going to try to freeze him and the linebackers so that they can keep that pass rush slowed down and open up the intermediate passing game, right? You can do things. When you have depth on the D-line, there is nothing you can do except keep bringing fresh bodies in and you, you know, that's what hurts an offensive line is when the defensive line is fresh because pass rushing is the hardest thing to do in all football. I don't care what anybody says. I I know I played O-line and my offensive line buddies, you know, I'm part of the paternal (laughs) order of offensive linemen. We call ourselves the fools, but like there is, there is nothing as hard as rushing a passer multiple plays in a row. And the fact that the Eagles can keep throwing guys at the, listen when Andomika Sue is a minor role player, I think you pretty much know you got some depth because um, I think he could be starting for seven, eight, ten teams in the league, right? But he chose to go to the Eagles because he knew they had an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl and he wanted to be part of that defensive defensive front. So to me, that's the scariest part as an offensive lineman is the depth that the Eagles have. Not so much the one great player. It's the depth that they can keep bringing people at you and keep bringing reinforcements because that is that is because when you're when you're when you're pass rush pass blocking against fresh rushers, it's a lot harder than pass blocking against guys who are worn out.
0: Robert Quinn barely plays for this defense. Robert Quinn's a pretty damn good. I forgot NFL he was on this event. team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, that, if that speaks to their uh, their depth um, along the defensive line, uh, we're talking to Joe Valeria, former Chiefs offensive lineman, a, a Philadelphia native, uh, who will be conflicted on Sunday, but of course, family going to be rooting for the Eagles. Hey, Joe, uh, final question that I've got for you here, kind of big picture wise. What is something that you will be honing in on on Sunday that maybe you feel like is getting underrated by the national conversation surrounding the Super Bowl? It's kind of hard to find these things because there's so much conversation about one game that is taking place. But if there is one thing, what would that be for you?
1: Well, I think. Well, I, I mean, I hit, on, I hit on the the, the matchup there uh, that maybe a lot of people aren't. I mean, yeah, they're talking about the Eagles' D line and their rush ability. I get it. Um, That's probably, I think, I think, I think people have beat to a pulp, you know, Patrick's ankle, uh, you know, Jalen's shoulder. I mean, I hope that we're focused on the RPO. I mean, I think people are talking about it. I haven't particularly heard a lot. I've heard people talk about Jalen Hurts' playmaking ability, but I hope they're talking about the very specifics of the RPO and what it means and how hard it is to defend I coached the uh, I coached high school football for 11 years in the Philly area. And, and we ran the triple option. And I used to talk to other coaches and they'd be like, God, I hate playing you guys. Cause we would play against schools. We would hit, we would play against schools that were bigger. They had more division one style athletes playing on the D line. And they'd say, how are you going to block number 96? He's a stud all American going to Oklahoma on a full ride. I said, you know how we're going to block him? We're not going to block him. We're going to make him make decisions. And, and that's what the option does. And it holds linebackers. It freezes D linemen. And you saw what the Eagles did against the 49ers, gashing them with some of those RPO runs. And they didn't even have Jalen Hurts at 100%. So, so Joe, you know, on, on that
0: RPO, who do you think that the Eagles are going to want to put in conflict? Who do you think they're going to be keying in on on that?
1: It's going to have to be, you know, Chris Jones and, and the two linebackers. Right. It's 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 gonna and Frank Clark to a certain degree. It's gonna be slowing down Chris Jones, Frank Clark, and those two linebackers who who are pretty darn good and have grown significantly over the course of the last two years. You know, Willie Gay Jr. and Nick Bolton are fantastic in this what the what the Chiefs you know, what I call at least a four two five, right? They run a four two five. They don't really have three linebackers in there all the time. Um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, basically a nickel package that they do all the time because their there's strong safeties, you know, comes up in run support. So, um, that's where I think they're going to try, they're going to try to freeze those linebackers and slow down Chris Jones and Frank Clark. That's what I would imagine is going to be the, the game plan of the Eagles. And, 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 and so they can try, like I said, against San Francisco, they had some of those gashing runs. That you saw, and that was without a healthy Jalen Hurts who was skirting to the outside and not taking the ball up into the off-tackle area, right? So if he starts optioning off into the off-tackle area, you know, it could be it could be a long day for Kansas City. And here's what they need to do, too. For the last two weeks, they needed to be repping because when I was, you know, Co- Coach Schottenheimer used to, if I heard him say it once, I heard him say it a gazillion times. Give him a look, guys. Give him a look. You know, as a backup and, you know, sometimes starter, I've played a lot of scout team in my NFL career, and we used to take pride in emulating the team that we were playing. And and, and I think the, the, the Chiefs better have had some pretty decent looks of, you know, putting a number one jersey and, and an A.J. An Brown jersey and a, and a Dallas Goddard jersey and a Miles Hitt. Like, they better have had some really good looks for that defense. to Because you have to muscle memory the option. You can't just... You know, you can't just watch it on film and say, oh, when Jalen does this, that's a tell, and he's going to pull the ball and run it, or he's going to pull the ball and pass it. Like, you can't just watch film. You would set yourself up for failure. It's not a video game, right? These guys have to muscle memory that feeling of what it's like to be optioned and to have a guy staring at you, wondering what you're going to do. And when you go one way, he's going the other. And, and, and they have to be doing that. And I hope, you know, obviously today's going to be a light day, and tomorrow will be even a lighter day. But I hope they've been repping it, and I hope they had some good scout players doing those scout cards because that's going to be critical for the Chiefs. That's probably the other thing that I'd be watching for is how well they react to that.
0: Joe, we'll get you out of here on this. we got about 30 seconds here. Do you have a prediction for this game? Do you have a side that you like uh, one way better, better than the other?
1: I've been doing it this way. I got, I'm going with the score first, 31-27. Okay. And I think either team has the capability of doing that. I'm going to do it a little bit unorthodox, and I'm going to say – Percentage-wise, I think the Chiefs have a 55 percent chance of getting to that score, and the, and, and, and the Eagles have about a 45 percent chance, and I'll tell you why. I think the, I think the Chiefs experience and um, you know sort of uh, championship DNA gives them that extra 10 percent of getting to that score. But obviously with those kind of percentages, this game could go either way, depending on a, a, a bounce of the ball, a bad kick, a return, whatever, an interception.
0: Joe, it's I been great it. to be able to catch up, man. Thank you so much for hopping on with us today. We wish you all the best. People can find you over on Twitter, and that's where they can find your podcast, at Joe Valerio 73 Appreciate it. Enjoy yourself on Sunday. Enjoy and those hoagies. we'll ho-ties. talk with you again soon, man. Yeah. Thanks,
1: fellas. Really appreciate it.